I love when, when uh, we can enjoy ourselves being family and uh, just hearing all these amazing testimonies of the power of God changing people, transforming families, bringing, bringing uh, a new season in every people that is touched by the power of God. And we are in times when uh, we have to be grateful for that. In many other nations, we're not, as a Christians, we're not able even to say the name of Jesus or to proclaim it. So take the most of this time. Pray for the persecuted church. Pray for all those who struggle with, uh, with sharing the gospel in other nations. But also pray, pray for the UK. Because only God is the only hope for this United Kingdom. And uh, we're going to talk about transforming lives. Uh, we've been talking about transforming lives. And the way that uh, after we welcome God's presence or Jesus' presence in, in uh, a person's life, that life is not the same anymore. So now today, I'm going to share to you. Um, I'm going to try to explore with you some elements, some, some points about an amazing story that is in Luke chapter 7, the story of the sinful woman that anoints Jesus. It's fascinating. So we're going to read first. I'm going to try to do it uh, now. I, I, I love when we can read the, the, the word. If you can see it, I invite you, bring your Bible. Next, because it's delicious just to hear the sound of the paper. I love that, I love that. Anyway, but if you are a digital person, digital person, you're so welcome as well. Okay, I'm gonna start it. When one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. A woman in the town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet, his feet with her tears. Then she whipped them with all her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. Jesus, Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. Two, two people own, uh, owe money to a certain moneylender. One owed him 500 denarii uh, and the other 50. Denary was the currency uh, uh, money at that time. Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he forgave the debts of both. Now, which of them will love him more? Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. Then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, 
but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman, from the time I entered, has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she was poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little, loves little. Then Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. The other guests began to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. So it's necessary to read the whole thing. I think you can read better than me. And excuse my, for my Spanish accent. But you, you get the grip, of, the grip of it. You can understand this. And now I'm going to try to, to describe, to put you in the, in the scene. Because we Latinos, we love drama, passion. We Latinos love the telenovelas. You know, the, the, the things that happen, you know. This morning I'm going to talk about that event. It's amazing, it's amazing. This event in the life of Jesus have the power to put the reader in the middle of the scene. This is a story that unfolds in a meal, in a dinner, all organized by a man whose name was Simon. The, he is a Pharisee, a Jewish religious man, and he invites Jesus to come home and have dinner with him. The word Pharisee means separated one. They believe that they were separated for something. <laughs> they were mostly middle-class businessmen. Therefore, even when they were in contact with the common people, the Pharisees considered the common man as being religiously unclean people. The Pharisees accepted the greeting word as inspired by God for the time of the earthly ministry of Jesus. This would have been that our actual Old Testament is now. But Pharisees also gave equal authority, authority to oral tradition and tried to defend their position by saying that all those traditions went back to Moses. And because they, this, those traditions went back to Moses, they were also valid. That was forbidden for the very word of God. But apparently they didn't care about it. At the end of the day, this was nothing more than legalism. Then in this story, there are a few questions. I am a question man. And every time we read the, the, the word, we have to question what's going on in there. Why did a Pharisee, a religious man, invite Jesus to have dinner? With all the sense of cleanliness. Why? Was he curious about him? Does he want to get into discussions about some controversial point of scripture? Or more certainly, was because he loved social life? And he was pretending being a welcoming person. The Bible does not specify the reason for the invitation. However, it can be because the Hebrews had to invite an itinerant teacher to a Saturday meal, particularly those teachers whom had preached 
the same day in the synagogue. Very similar to what continues to happen to our Christian community, congregations. From this, it follows that probably Jesus had preached to them shortly before. It is possible even that his words could, would impress everyone so much, the words of Jesus, that they would motivate Simon's invitation. Probably for Simon, Jesus was nothing but a celebrity. We cannot be sure about this, but what seems likely is that the Pharisees saw Jesus as a prophet or as one of the scholars of the contemporary Jewish world. Probably he wanted to feed his curiosity, his mind, his understanding, and nothing else, not to find a truth in Jesus. I was reading uh, C.S. Lewis, and uh, I love C.S. Lewis, and, um, and uh, I think it was uh, the uh, Chronicles of Narnia, one was the, of, of, of the best and the first books in English I had contact. The thing is, I read it in Spanish, and I enjoyed it at 100%. And I get in contact with, with by, by linking one author with other author. I found George MacDonald, and I found this George MacDonald, a Scottish novelist and pastor, saying something of great inspiration to me every time I... I, um, I share the gospel, particularly with those people that don't want to hear the truth. George MacDonald says, to give truth to him who loves it not is to only give him more multiplied reasons for misinterpretation. There are some people that probably asking you just to know more, but they really don't want to. So imagine this scene, the guests are already at the table, at the table chatting and having something to drink, a cup of tea, <laughs> probably in cola or arepas en la mano for the uh, Colombians. The atmosphere is loaded with the smell of all that wonderful Eastern food and the talking is getting louder and louder and every conversation at the table gets more interesting. And Jesus Christ, the most important guest in the universe, is in that room. Another question, now this is for me and that's for you. What would you do if Jesus comes to your living room? What would you do if you have Jesus as your guest? Hmm? Sadly, in this case, Jesus is ignored. No welcoming kiss, no washing the feet of the guest, nothing. Please remember that looking back to biblical times, the roads were not only used by people, but by horses and donkeys and all sorts, and the feet of the people was exposed to all kinds of surprises. <laughs> and not only dust. Then it wasn't nice having that smell when you are eating. Basic rules of courtesy have already been broken. I think the Pharisees' attitude towards Jesus is a perfect illustration of how often we can accept that there is a Jesus, but he is not welcome in our personal lives. We can even be spiritual people. And I'm going to talk about being spiritual, and the difference 
everyone can get into practicing religious rites, exercises, candles, rules, and all sorts of cherry-picking spirituality. We can have it our way. You can have it your way when it comes to religion. But you know what? Religion doesn't say. The worst thing one of my grandkids could say about, could say about me is abuelo, granddad in Spanish, abuelo Felipe is very religious. I'm not. As the, terms, as the term is commonly used, religion speaks of us trying to get right with God through a variety of means or trying to make God happy and accepting of us. This is what religious, religions attempt to do, provide the needed motorway, to man-made motorway to arrive at a good place. I can say this to you, I'm not religious, but I am righteous. Now, please understand, this is not some attempt to be clever with words, but it's an, it is 180 degrees difference in perspective regarding a person's relationship with the God of the Bible. It's a 180 difference. I'm righteous because I was given the only kind of righteousness that God accepts. This righteousness is a gift given when a person places their trust in Jesus Christ, the God-man who died and rose bodily from the grave. I was reading John 20, 30, 31 that says, Jesus did many other miraculous signs of the in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book, the Gospels. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. It's only by Jesus. It's only through Jesus. So religion cannot and will not produce righteousness. Only a relationship with Jesus does. That's right. That's right. As a result, we don't try and win God's favor and love, since he already loves us and cares about us. We do work at obeying him, not in order to persuade him to like us, but we want to obey him because we are so incredible, incredibly grateful for what he has done, in giving me eternal life, in giving us, church, eternal life. Yes, yes. What he is doing in giving us a guilt-free, meaningful life here and now, yes, and that, that he will do in giving me a warranted entrance into his eternal kingdom. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Religion tries hard to do all these things, but cannot produce any of them. Religions give techniques, specific works, and rules to assist an individual in achieving nirvana, reincarnation, or whatever, and to avoid some bad stuff. This is all about. But the great question for each one of us is, I am religious or righteous? 
There really is a big difference. Righteousness comes only through Jesus Christ. He himself said that no one comes to the Father but through me. He also said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. His claims dismiss all religions. That's it. There is no middle ground regarding Jesus. He is who he said he is, and he does what he said he does. And regarding that, I have made my decision. I believe in Jesus. That's why these people believe in Jesus. Because there is truth. The Pharisee was rude with Jesus. As Christian, talking about this, as Christian, I'm always in shock when people add the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to expressions of profanity. And even more shocked when looks that we Christians don't care about it. Hello? We have to live. Are we still giving all honor and praise when our words, actions, and even thoughts? So the depth of how we honor is revealed by the degree of what we give. We give in glory, so less our honoring God getting deeper and deeper. Jesus is there at Simon's home, but what Simon had not foreseen, what he would not have come to imagine, is the scene that Jesus' presence was going to provoke. When Jesus comes to a place, nothing is the same anymore. When his presence comes to a place, like today, for example, we were all tidy up, it's going to happen, and suddenly, his presence was here and messed us all up. Yes, yes. And I loved it. Yes, yes, yes. Because he's alive. He's working. Yes, that's right. So his presence was provoking and inviting. It's something in the atmosphere. In, this, in, 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 in Simon's, the Pharisee home, was something. And that also happened in the presence of his guests. Can you imagine? Oh, well, we're going to think about this. What happened? A sinful woman getting into the gathering uninvited. I don't know about you, but in my culture, you can get into my place whatever time you're also invited. But in some cultures, you have to knock, make an appointment. <laughs> Otherwise, mm, how, how rude. So you can get the grip, the, 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 the grip of this. The Hebrew homes only close at night during the day. That's why the doors were open all day. So that, that was a good opportunity for her. And she saw the open door. And then she heard that Jesus is there. And then she got into the meeting. When you see Jesus, run to him. When you know his presence is run, run. Then there she is, a woman who basically was like any other woman. Women are different than men. Praise the Lord. 
Women look for the best prices. There are teenagers. They own hundreds of bags and shoes. I have no explanation about that. Don't give me that. I, we men, we never understand. They are also multitask. And even so, I read in a cup, in a, uh, in a cup, uh, where there is a woman, there is a way. Also, eh? if you are married, you know, your wife, you say, no, we can't. Wait a minute. Pa, 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 she get it. Isn't that? My wife is la laughing because she does. Every woman is like that. What a precious gift. And now, we can think about this woman comes uninvited, maybe thinking, maybe thinking, I don't care what people would say, I just want to be close to him. I don't care. They say that I'm a sinner and they have not invited me, but all I want is to be close to Jesus. Now imagine the picture, the woman now runs to Jesus and she's crying and now she gets emotional and now she begins to wash the feet of Jesus and she starts to anoint them to put some oil or perfume with uh, 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 the, uh, anoint the, the feet of Jesus uh, using an expensive perfume and humbly she was doing something over the top. When we worship, we tend to kind of... Um, Reserve, isn't it? But she is an amazing example, amazing challenge that I'm giving to you or remind you once again. When you worship, don't care about going over the top. Just love Jesus. Come to him. Do it with all your heart. Do it with all your heart. And in Spanish, we, we got a, a, a word, hazlo con ganas. Breathe with all you have, with all your guts. Come on. Unreserving. Wow. Humbly, she was doing something over the top. She worshipped Jesus with all she had. And that reminds me of some lyrics of a Spanish worship song. I tried to translate it. At your feet. Is where my heart burns inside. At your feet I give all that I am. It is the place of where I am safe and where nobody can point to me. You forgave me. You brought me to your presence. You lift me. I'm before you to adore you. And the chorus says, there is no place higher, bigger than to be at your feet, Jesus. The passage in Luke 7 does not explain why this woman cried specifically, but it is easy to identify the cause with the repentance of her sins. They could be tears of joy for having experienced a personal conversion and for being aware that God had forgiven her. The presence of God always confronts the evil that is in our hearts. Whatever Jesus does, just the consciousness of Oh, he is holy, but at the same time, he loves us so much. Make us realize that we have to 
respond to that love. God always responds to a repented heart with forgiveness. Forgiveness is available for you today. And it was available for the sinning woman too. The woman was aware of her need to thank Jesus. To thank Jesus. Her gratitude was so deep that gave her courage to enter and invite her into an unexpected place to worship God. And she anointed Jesus' feet and kissed them in the sight of everyone. Oh, that is extravagant worship. She was unexpected, however, because her heart, we can see that at the end of the story, she was rewarded with forgiveness. So God's grace and forgiveness are available for you, to you, even in unexpected places and moments like this. In the mid-80s, the city of Lima, Peru, was a decadent and dangerous place to live. Its elegant cinemas from the golden era of the Republic in the 40s and 50s had become places where only pornographic films were shown. However, the word of God says, where sin increased, the grace of God increased all the more. And there it was this mighty growth on membership within the Christian churches. And then because of the tremendous growing in membership, they had a holy problem. There was no much room to get all the new Christians. Where are we going to put them? Two services, three services, that doesn't work anymore. So then dozens of churches began to buy many of these cinemas. No one would have imagined this transformation in the city. People encountering Jesus in places that no long time ago were used for evil, perversion, and lust. Jesus' agenda is full of transformation appointments in people, in places, and I believe also in nations. God is going to change this nation. God is going to change this nation. And I'm praying for this nation. I'm so blessed living in this nation. The Bible says that the woman kissed Jesus' feet. The kiss was for the Hebrew mentality the most representative symbol of reverence and love. But in this case, kissing someone's feet was a sign of humble gratitude. It was the action that was done to whoever saved your life. Those accused of murder kissed the feet of the judge who forgave them. That was the attitude. That is worship. That is worship. Ephesians 2.3 says that we were by nature deserving the wrath of God. But now, brothers and sisters in Christ, spiritually speaking, we were in that row, but now... Because of Jesus, we are free and alive. When the woman realized that her tears have, have stained and wet at Jesus' feet, she made of her hair an improvised towel to dry them. Yes, with her hair. I googled how much does women spending hair products in 2019. <laughs> oh, the answer wasn't given in numbers. The answer was given in words. 
a lot. <laughs> Please pay attention to this. The detail of uncovering her hair in public in front of men could cost to her 40 lashes. That's according to Jewish law. There was no pride in, his, in this repented woman. No pride at all. Don't care. Pride always brings you into bondage. Humility always brings you into freedom. Sometimes something else happened in this story. Jesus comes invited, but the householder, the Pharisee, ignore him. When the woman turned up, there was a silent dialogue between Jesus and the Pharisees. Jesus knew what was inside of the heart of the Pharisees and the sinning woman. And actually, Jesus knows what is in your heart and mind. Two, one of the most powerful stories I ever heard on the nature of the human heart is told by one of my favorite apologists, Dr. Ravi Zacharias, in one of his books, Who is Jesus? Please pay attention to this. He's talking about a British journalist, an, an amazing experience in India, and this is a real story. Listen carefully, please. When this journalist was working in India, he left his home one evening to go to a nearby river for a swim. As he entered the water across the river, he saw an Indian woman from the nearby village who had come to have her bath. The journalist impulsively felt the allurement of the moment and temptation stormed into his mind. He had lived with this kind of struggle for years, but somehow fought it off in honor of his committed commitment to his wife. On this occasion, however, he wondered if, if he could cross the line of marital fidelity. He struggled just for a moment and then swam fiercely toward the woman, literally trying to outdistance his conscience. conscience. His mind fed him the fantasy that the stolen waters would be sweet, and he swam the harder for it. Now he was just two or three feet away from her, and as he emerged from the water, any emotion that may have gripped him paled into significance when compared with the devastation that shattered him as he looked at her. She was a woman with leprosy. She was old and hideous, he said, and her skin was wrinkled and there was no nose and just few fingers. She smiled at him, showing a toothless mask. The experience left his journalist trembling and muttering under his breath. And he was saying, what a dirty, lecherous woman. But then the root shock of it dawned upon him. It was not the woman who was lecherous. It was his own heart. It was his own heart. Jesus knows truly what is the essence of human heart. The Pharisee was trying to save himself through works. Every step of his life was kidnapped by rites and and that religion. That's why the Pharisee kept thinking, I know she's a sinner, and look at that, she's, anoint she's anointing Jesus' feet with that expensive perfume, 
and so on and so forth, and the worst of it, he's not a prophet. The law says that she is unclean. Now, because she is unclean and she's touching Jesus and my guest, everyone he is is going to be unclean. Oh, no. That's the sort of confusion. That's the sort of condemnation that religions, religion brings to humankind. But Jesus is another story. Jesus gave us freedom. Jesus gave us freedom because it's not about religion. It's about relationship. A relation with Jesus changes everything. I'm just coming to land with this. After all this nonsense, we can conclude that the Pharisee was missing the point. Absolutely missing the point. I'm going to tell you this because some say, some say you didn't tell a story, an illustration. Yeah, I told already one. But I'm going to tell, 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 tell you this. The second one probably can help us. Somebody asked me to tell this story. <laughs> it's about Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson. You know that? Huh? Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Dr. Watson decide to go on a camping to go on a camping trip after dinner and a bottle of wine. They lay down for the night and go to sleep. Some hours later, Holmes awoke and nudged his faithful friend Watson. Look up at the sky and tell me what you see. So Watson pondered for a minute, look, and says, astronomically. It tells me that there are millions of galaxies and potentially billions of planets. Horologically, timing. I deduce that the time is approximately a quarter past three. Theologically, I can see that God is all-powerful and that we are small and insignificant. Meteorologically, I suspect that we will have a beautiful day tomorrow. What does he tell you, Holmes? Holmes was silent for a minute. Look at him. Then he spoke, Watson, you idiot. Someone has stolen our tent. (laughs) He was missing the point. Absolutely. And this Pharisee was in the same. Something similar happened with these Pharisees. Mind. Right now, from the beginning, the Pharisee was also missing the point. Our passage is not about about a religious man inviting Jesus and and being rude. Our story is about welcoming the presence of Jesus into our lives to receive his grace and forgiveness. Jesus told of the Pharisee because his rudeness but saw the repentant heart of the sinning woman, and she was saved. I love when Jesus turned toward the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? Can you see that person? When you come to him, he looks at you personally, one by one, as you are. He looks at you and accepts you as you are. God, says Psalm 138, pays attention to those who are lowly regarded, but he is aware of the arrogant from afar. Wow, God loves a repented heart. The woman didn't know, but even when that home wasn't hers, only because a worshiping heart, Jesus felt welcome to that place. Sometimes you can be at work in a taxi or even flying to Hong Kong, 
But as long as you welcome Jesus, his presence will be manifested wherever you are. Amen? The story in Luke 7 said that there were other guests at the dinner. Those, uh, those guests kept, uh, kept asking, who is this? Who is this? Who is this Jesus who even forgives sins? Does the question resonate in your heart? The people asking you, who is this Jesus? Tell me about Jesus or don't tell me about that. Who is this? Who is this Jesus? He is the one that a long time ago, I can tell you personally, saved me from my sins. And now I can walk free. He is the one that changed lives, like have changed lives like Fernando, Jezebeth, Ross. Put your name on it. He is changing. He is transforming this world. He is the one who accepts and forgives all those who come to him humbly and repentant. God's grace and forgiveness of sins are available for you. You can live a life honoring God by the power of the Holy Spirit. And you can receive Jesus as a Lord and Savior. And let him give you hope and peace in the midst of the storm of your life. He is here for you. So I'm going to invite you. You, please, stand up. I'm going to invite you to, after all we learn about welcoming Jesus' presence, welcoming his presence properly, he's going to respond to you. And he's going to respond to a repented heart or somebody that come to him and say, look, I don't understand it at 100%, but I want to know Jesus. We're going to pray. Just don't be bothered by time right now. This is a time for you to come to Jesus. Lord Jesus, we just run to you. Just as that woman did. We say we want to be at your feet right now. We want to kneel and we want to invite you yes, Lord. to touch our lives. And for anyone here right now, I just want to invite you to say, Jesus, forgive my sins. Jesus, make me clean. Jesus, set me free. Jesus, help me walk in a righteous way. Not because I'm righteous, but because you're righteous. Thank you that you've made a way for me to come alive again in you. And if that's you, I want to invite you right now in this moment just to put your hand in his hand. And maybe you want to raise your hand and say, that's me. That's who I want to be. That's where I want to be right now, at the feet of Jesus. And guess what he's going to do? He's going to pick you up. He's going to take you in his arms. And he's going to give you the very gift of life. And if that's you, we just welcome you 
into the family of God. Because that's what happens. That's what happens. Hallelujah. And today, that's your story. If you trust Jesus. And as we do that, we're just also going to come and and just bless Ross and Chesabeth and Fernando. Just want to invite them to come to the front right now. Just come and join us here. Just come and join us right here. And I, I want to invite some of you just to come and gather around them. We want to pray for them. We want to invite them. Come on, don't be, don't be shy. Don't go back into church. This is family. Let's gather around them. Let's gather around them. Especially those guys who... Um, Know them well. Come and gather around them. Do you know, we, we don't believe that this is just trying hard. Yeah, we, we do get to work. But this is about the Holy Spirit empowering us. This isn't about might or power, but it is the Holy Spirit, says the Lord. And so right now, we speak the fire of the Holy Spirit into these lives. We pray, seal everything that you've done in their hearts. Lord, where they've come alive in you, let the fire burn even more brightly and boldly. Let that, that fuego of the Holy Spirit just come upon them right now in the name of Jesus. Fire. <laughs> yes, not by might or power, but the Spirit we say, Lord. Holy Spirit, fill them. Let the river of your, your spirit now flood. <laughs> Lord, thank you that we can have fire and water all the same time in you. Hallelujah. And throw some oil in as well. Amazing. We just pray that in Jesus' name right now. Seal this in them. Thank you, Jesus. We pray protection over them right now. Lord, we know that there's a roaring lion of an enemy that would seek to devour, but thank you that he's just a roaring lion. He's a defeated lion because you're the lion who rules, the lion of Judah. And we pray protection over these, these couple, over Ross, over every family. In the name of Jesus right now. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Amen. All God's people said, Amen, amen and Amen. We're